This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's going on? Not much. Uh, I don't know. Not, not really too much going on over here. I don't know. I watched the I watched the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Thought it was good. I don't know. Have you seen Have you seen okay. that? I haven't. Is this like, oh, okay. tell, tell tell the world what it's about if they're like me and they haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, well, it's just, you know, the first two, if you've seen those. I Similar. don't know what that means. There's, it's the third one <laughs> in the series. Uh, space. Oh, no spoilers, it, it, says our producer, Nick. And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I've never watched it. I know it's, it's a movie, right? Yes, they they are movies. It was it's connected to the MCU sort of um the Marvel universe. It was I didn't really get into the Marvel universe until that movie. That was the first one I watched and I had oh. no idea it was a Marvel movie. Marvel. And I feel like some people might think that's weird like how how didn't you know it was a Marvel movie? I don't know. Like when they went over the Infinity Stone mumbo jumbo, I was just kind of like, ah, yes, sci- sci-fi, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let's get back to the action. Uh, and then I found out after I watched it that it was uh, connected to the M- the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, those movies are great. Um, third one is great. I think it's uh, it's fun. It, it follows everybody that is in the first two. Space I don't want to how to not spoil give away anything. It's basically just space bandits have turned into the protectors of a home and they try to save their friend. Awesome. Well, then highly recommend for people if you have an interest in Marvel movies. I, I, okay, so I'm one of those people. We're going to get right into Bengal stuff, I promise. But hey, it's the off season right now. But... I'm one of those people, if it's a really good movie or it's something that people have watched over and over again, I haven't watched it yet. I'm just, okay. I'm pretty, pretty lame with my movie selection. Do you have a movie like that where everybody's probably watched it, but you're like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to see it. Oh man. I think plenty. I get yelled at about, I've never seen the Top Gun movies. Uh, yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. Maverick came out and my fiance went to see it and I was like, I mean, I'll go. I, I just. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know anything <laughs> like it's probably fine. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll catch up. I'll be a quick learner. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of like really good movies that I haven't seen. Like, you know, 
most of the Oscar type things. Nah, I haven't seen those. 100, yeah. They're not like big movies anymore. You know, like it's it's some movie that played on three screens in Los Angeles and is available maybe on Netflix. And I'm just, I, I haven't seen it, you know? Release it everywhere. Release it to, to <laughs> the middle of nowhere. Right. It's such a, such a good movie, you know? I feel like I should be able to watch it wherever. Uh, yeah, every year the best picture is a surprise to me because I've never even heard of that movie. I agree with you. I feel so out of place when when they talk about the Oscars. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that movie is. I probably maybe I'll watch it on an airplane because it'll be available on airplane for free. But it's gonna be like two years later, and I'll be like, yeah, I can't wait that won an Oscar. Uh, but I'm like that with a like Christmas Vacation. I've never watched that. I feel like it's pretty popular. It's good. It's not my favorite Christmas movie, but it's good. Yeah. Um, vacation also good. The other ones, whatever. But Vacation, Christmas Vacation are good. Uh, man, I haven't seen like. I mean, if we are doing the Christmas movie, it doesn't things, have to be Christmas. It doesn't have. To well, be it just reminded me that I haven't seen a mo- most of those like black and white ones. I saw oh, one of them. It's I, a I don't remember life. which. It might be that one, or it could be Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. They are the same movie in my mind: black and white Christmas movie. <laughs> yep, I agree with you. I would put those in the same category. But yeah, all right. Well, we all have a we have a movie selection that we like, and and maybe I'll I'll get caught up on the Marvel at some point this off season. We'll move on to the schedule. Only like forty three things to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I, I'm never right going up. to watch. I'm never going to watch any of them. But I'll just the Guardians them. are fun though. I I feel like if you are just going to watch anything, you could pretty much watch those three movies and not have any idea about the rest of it because that's what I did for the first one. I was like, as long as you just kind of like they just start yelling sci-fi stuff, you just kind of zone out for about thirty seconds and then you're back in. Okay, well, everybody, go watch those movies and give us a recap of what you what you think of them. Uh, we'll move on to the schedule. I know we talked about it. We were recording to kind of a behind the scenes look. We're two in a row, two days in a row, but this will come out a couple of days later. The schedule has yet to be released by the time you hear this podcast, but at this very moment, we do know one of the Bengals games. We know kind of a couple that won't happen, but they're going to play that Kansas City game. Like I told you on the podcast, I said mid-December. New Year's Eve, two weeks later. It was going to be a December game. It's going to be on CBS. It's 425. It's going to be Tony Romo and Jim Nance. And it's, it's Joe and Patrick. What do you think about that? Just took a big sip of water. Sorry. Um, I don't like holiday games. That is yeah. my first thought when that got announced. It was, oh, sweet. That's a, you know, that's great. It, late in the year, 425. 25 start time just you know it feels very much like it has been which you were correct about but then my second reaction was did that say new year's eve <laughs> i was like oh no i'm probably gonna have to watch this surrounded by people and not no you don't of, nah, well, I this is your opportunity function this is your I, opportunity to be like you know what new year's eve is overrated anyways i'm gonna watch the Bengals game certainly is an opportunity to do that. I just, I don't, uh, fiance is not a Bengals fan. So I feel like it's going to be very much a like, ah, they'll have it on there. And <laughs> my mind will be like, I, I don't want to watch it there, <laughs> but I mean, it's cool to be at one of the holiday games. Let's just make this the only one. Cause it's probably the best holiday game that you could have. Cause I already do watch football new year's Eve. It's usually the college stuff. Although now the NFL is getting into it. Um, I'd prefer it to be New Year's Day, you know, like a yeah, seven o'clock New Year's Day. That sounds so much better. 
like Halloween last year was fine. I just didn't pass out candy to kids the entire time. I just went inside and got sad while they lost to the Browns. Uh, but man, this is so much better than like a Thanksgiving game or a Christmas mm-hmm. Day game. So, or a Christmas Eve game, even like I'll take this over all of those. I just, I just wish there was none on holidays. <laughs> I, see, I'm one of those people where I'm, I've am i been over New Year's Eve and my whole entire family, they're Bengals fans and they have season tickets. So everybody's just going to go to the, well, we won't go to the game because it's an arrowhead, but yeah. everybody's going to just want to watch the game anyways. And like you mentioned before, you have the college football playoffs. So I don't even know what that schedule is going to look like, but you're going to have that in between everything going from an NFL game to a late night primetime game. I, I'm all about it. But here's my big thing. Please live up to the hype. Please have all the rosters healthy. You get because they've played pretty late in the season, both years in a row, and obviously in the postseason. But just have have health, have health when we see this matchup for for both teams because this could mean something about the number one seed, the number two seed. Um, but I, I don't know. I find it exciting, and I'm glad the NFL put that late in regular season. Another thing we know they're not going to be playing international games, but the Jags have back to back games in London. Whew. I hate it. I, I would hate that if I was a Jaguars fan. Um, I guess they are the team that always gets sent there, so maybe mm-hmm. they're the most used to it. They lost to Nathaniel Hackett's Broncos out there, though. I'm not sure how much of an advantage they really have. I think they just go out there often. <laughs> I don't know if it really helps them. Well, it was, I feel like it was before, like, obviously they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and the expectations are higher for Jacksonville. I think that they're the favorite to win the AFC South. Uh, but yeah, going for two weeks in London back to back, that's, I was surprised they put the Bills and Jags game. Bills, Jags. Yeah. When was the last time you remember a London game being something that you're like, Ooh, I got to wake up to watch that one. (laughs) I can't think of too many. Like the best one last year was probably Packers Giants. Oh, that was a, that was a, wasn't that that was a wild one, right? I'm trying to. Yeah, remember. it was pretty wild of a game, but like even beforehand, like thinking about it, like, you know, the Packers weren't that good last year. The Giants were surprisingly good, but it just you know it. I feel like Jaguars versus Bills is much more exciting, and something I'll actually have to wake up to watch. Although Dolphins Chiefs, they're an international Ooh. game. That's another one that's a good game and. I uh, I believe this means that so Donna Kelsey could still be right about uh, week two, two, but she was wrong about I think she thought that the Bears game was going to be in London and that is not the case. So maybe my our our very friend of the show leak <laughs> leak of Donna Kelsey <laughs> was not correct. <laughs> Everybody's a friend of the show. Everybody's a friend of the show unless they say otherwise. 100%. They don't even have to know that they're a friend of the show. Um, but I agree with you. My favorite thing about that, I'm not. I'm sure you saw it because Jason Kelsey, another friend of the show, he retweeted it and said, don't believe everything you see on Facebook. Yeah, I like that. That was uh, dunking on his own mother. Yeah, so I, mean, I was I was surprised with some of the international games because you pretty much get if you're going to get a good team, it's going to be a pretty bad team. And like you mentioned before, you rarely get a good game international games, Germany and London. But I'm low key. I love our UK friends, and I know we have a big group of Bengals fans over in the UK, and I was bummed for them because I know that they would be really excited about that game. But I'm low key happy that the Bengals and, and Titans game will be in Nashville. I feel like that's a really good road trip for Bengals fans. And then the Jags game, uh, it just feels like that's going to be a primetime game. We talked about it on the podcast earlier this week that it feels primetime like maybe yeah. not Thursday night. 
Yeah, that used to definitely be like the Thursday night game in my mind would be like Jags Bengals, but now both teams are pretty good. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure yeah. it would be a Thursday night game. So are you still holding out your opener? You said you think it's going to be at home. I mean, I could definitely be wrong on that. You made a great point about the Reds being at home, uh, which is not something I ever really think about. But <laughs> sure, uh. <laughs> one of us will be right. I'll say they're at home against the Ravens for the opener, and then you think it's on the road to San Francisco? Yeah, I'm kind of lame. I mean, I'm sure Bengals fans don't feel too hyped about that, but at the same time, it's a questionable quarterback for the Niners, and I think if you want to play him now, go ahead and get that taken care of, get him in week one on the road. Uh, but but overall, when you think about some of those games, I'm glad they're not. the Bengals aren't on the Black Friday game. We talked about the holidays, and I know it's kind of a post-holiday game, but it is still open that they can play on Christmas day i hate it i hate it i, I will not enjoy that i i mean as a cleveland cavaliers fan for basketball i never even really liked when they played on <laughs> like that's a normal oh. thing the basketball pe- teams play on christmas i don't even really like that uh just i don't know i don't like being stressed on a holiday <laughs> i'm too oh. i'm too a sport team i'm just like oh boy a lot of my happiness for today might rely on this team that i have no control over well, now I mean, we're just getting started with our nerves by the time we get to December because we're like, oh, the playoffs are coming. You got to get playoff ready, get through regular season, get the seating, and all of those games mean so much. So, no, I- I'm pumped about it just to know the schedule. We can get on with it and see, you know, if the Bengals are going to have two Thursday night games, which I hope they don't. Um, but it just sounds like the, the, the executive in charge of the NFL schedule just says, like, those 1 p.m. games for the Cincinnati Bengals, they're pretty much out the window, even though they have to play a few of them at 1 p.m. I think they're going to get a majority of the 425s, um, the Monday night footballs. But I, if they could just avoid Sunday night, I think Sunday night is my least favorite primetime night for football. We had our discussion about that before. We uh, did. Yeah, I mean, Sunday, Monday, it's similar for me. We love a 1 p.m., maybe 425 kickoff. Thursday, to me, is the best of the primetime slots. Really? Uh, I don't At home, at least. I, maybe that's some bias, personal bias of mine, because I've gone to a lot of Thursday night games. And awesome atmosphere. Last year, the whiteout, that was very fun. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... You get it out of the way <laughs> early in the week yeah. uh, and that it, it's easy for content creation uh, that you can, you know, you have You're a lot right. of time. Yeah. Uh, Monday is the worst one for content creation because it's like, you got to turn around and get this stuff out quick. You got another game coming <laughs> in less than a week. Well, speaking of content, credit to the Cincinnati Bengals, because I will say this. I never thought I would want the mayor to be a part of anything <laughs> Bengals related ever again, just because I'm still bitter about what he did before the AFC championship game. That Let was well done. Me. Well done to have Orlando Brown film it mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, that was enough. That was good. That was good. I this think, was- yeah, it, it was, I think it, it, having a sense of humor about that was the best thing you could do because otherwise, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, the thing just stunk, but the jabroni mayor comes back and you know, he's, he's fine. He's, he's, Turn it around. Hopefully there's no mayor curse. Oh, no. That sounds terrible. I don't even want to think about that right now. No, he, he. I think he's learned his lesson, but just a job well done. Honestly, that's kind of one of my favorite things about the NFL schedule. I think the, the content teams, the digital teams over on social media, they do such a great job just rolling out the schedule. And they had a, a preview of Ted Karras on it, like a Peloton 
So I have no clue what that's going to be. If Ted cares is going to be a part of the schedule release or not, but I'm all about it. I can't wait to see it. And the next time we record, we will have the NFL schedule. We can move on to other things that are happening. But right now, not a whole lot happening. Rookie minicamp is this weekend. Uh, the Bengals continue their offseason program. And we have a double mailbag coming up next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Double header mailbag day. One of my favorites. Twitter, you're getting better about sending us questions. I really appreciate it. You're friends of the show and you're sending these questions over on Twitter. Make sure you follow Mike Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We're going to go ahead and get to Eric. He said, who other than the Bengals has the best shot at winning the North this, the North this upcoming year and why? Absolutely the Ravens because Lamar's there and I feel like they're the second best team. Uh, you could make the case for the Steelers or the Browns, and I think I would go in that order where the Browns would be the most surprising. The Steelers, it would be surprising for me. I, I just – Really? You yeah. You think the Steelers would be surprising? I think it would be surprising for me that if they won the North – just because I do think that the Bengals and Ravens are probably a full tier above them and it could happen, but man, are they going into, they did it last year, but yeah. <laughs> going into Paycor and winning again, they always play the Ravens pretty well. I don't know. I, I they're a, probably a better team than they were last year, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. It was, you know, it was, it was an up and down season for them, finishing about nine and eight. I don't personally think they got significantly better. I think they got a little bit better. I would just be a little bit surprised if they won the North, but not completely shocked. The Browns, it would rely on Redacted doing really well um, and the defense playing much better with a new defensive coordinator. But you can make the case. It's just... I don't see that one happening. The Ravens I could see happening because they get an easier schedule than the Bengals. They steal a game against the They play the Bengals really well. So maybe they could steal a game or two against them. They've got a better they I think I don't know if they got significantly better, but their receivers are much better this year yeah. on paper at least than they were last year. If they can stay healthy, um new offensive coordinator who knows how that'll go, good, bad. And I think a lot of that will rely on Lamar's health, who's missed uh, quite a few games the past couple of years. I would think the Bengals are pretty good favorites, but, man, yeah, making the case, it's probably the Ravens and then the Steelers. The way the Steelers get there, I guess, is if they just hang around the entire time. They have the easiest schedule, I think, out of the, out of the three. Um, just getting rid of the Browns. Uh, yeah, can so we please? If, if they could just hang around, steal 
at least a game from each of the Bengals and the Ravens, sweep the Browns. Like there's your scenario that they're just hanging around and then the Bengals have to play the Chiefs and the Bills and, you know, those opponents. Well, the Steelers might – I don't think they have to. They have to play the 49ers while the Steelers get to play a lesser NFC West opponent. Um, there's just – there is a case to be made with the schedule and it's just, you know, they win the close ones and they're able to pull it off. I don't think it's impossible, but that would be the order. It would be Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. So I will make it different. I agree with everything you're saying. I, I think obviously the Bengals are the favorite to win, and it would be huge to win it three years in a row. That's never happened in the AFC North for the Bengals to be able to do that. I do feel like they have the best roster. Um, I actually think the Steelers finish second, and I think they go to the playoffs. I think they're a wild card team. Um, I, I know you, you bring up a great point with Lamar. It, it's about health. Can you finish the season? Uh, you do have they do have a new offensive coordinator. They've added added weapons. Their defense is legit. It is really good, and it was the best one that the Bengals faced in the playoffs. Um, if they, you know, it, it's just unfortunate how that all played out because that was a tough battle in the wild card game and just even the last regular season game of the season. So they have all the talent in the world. Would I be shocked if the Ravens did? No, not at all, just because of the talent they have. But the Steelers, they're just there. They just find a way. I mean, they might have some sloppy games, but they just find a way to hang around. And it feels like one of those seasons, again, with Mike Tomlin, they're going to have a winning record. What does the AFC look like? Because it is loaded when it comes to the wild card spots. You know, who gets in for that? But I'm thinking the Steelers hang around. Um, for some reason, I'm just – I favorite that a little more than I do the Baltimore Ravens, but the Baltimore Ravens are good. The AFC North is just a good division. Yeah. I mean, if, we, if we just kick the Browns out – and not to say that the Browns are bad. They're just – just everybody – I feel a certain way about them. Uh, ever, other than that, I just feel like I wouldn't be surprised to see two teams – I don't think you'd see three teams come out of the AFC North in the postseason just because of what the AFC East looks like. Um, and how that's going to play out. Play out. Do you think, because you remember the hype last year with the AFC West, I promise I'm going to get to more of your guys' questions. The hype around the AFC West, they were loading up. Obviously, Russell Wilson went downhill last regular season. Do you feel like it's going to happen with the AFC East too, where we heard all about these teams and what they look like and it'll end up being the Buffalo Bills who win the division? Yeah, that's absolutely possible. I think uh, you could even make some parallels there with uh, Russell Wilson had everybody hyped on the Broncos. Is that the Jets? Nathaniel Hackett's on both. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the coordinator for the Jets. Um, the Dolphins could be similar to the Chargers, make the playoffs, but they're not going to actually push the Bills for the you know the division. And then the uh, Patriots, they're probably better than the Raiders, mm-hmm. but – I would, I, man, I would be surprised if they won that division. So it does feel like the, I think it's the Bills or the Dolphins. The Jets could surprise, and I would be pretty surprised if it was the Patriots. But yeah, I mean, that could easily be the AFC West of last year. I mean, I remember last year all of the hype with the AFC West, how the Chiefs shouldn't be the favorites, which I was always selling. I was like, that's ridiculous. I don't care who I mean, these yeah. people have added. And then, uh, people were like saying like all four teams could make the playoffs and then two barely make it. <laughs> two of them are two of the worst teams in the league. Um, so that is a full chance to fall on its face. I I don't think people are hyping the AFC North the same way. I, I think I think two teams from the AFC North probably make the playoffs, but you you could see three. Yeah, I, you bring up a point. Especially with seven teams in the playoffs now. 
I mean, they used to send three to the playoffs back when there were six teams in the playoffs, but I think it was a stronger division then. So I don't know. I'm somewhat, I'm not selling the AFC East as much as I sold last year's AFC West, just because I do think that Rogers is better than Russell Wilson was coming to Denver. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I don't think I see the jets as like a playoff lock or anything. Even the Dolphins, I think they're a good team, but they're probably more of a wild card than they are a division winner. There's too much hype for the Jets for me. It's just too much yeah, hype. Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins are the team that, if I was going to predict the second team in the AFC East, it's the, it's the Dolphins. I mean, they've gotten a lot better. They they have gotten maybe significantly better because they add Jalen Ramsey, they add Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. That would be, I think, the team to look for while everybody's going to hype up the Jets because Aaron Rodgers is there. But, I mean, Rodgers hasn't exactly been – well, he wasn't exactly an MVP last year like he was the two years before mm -hmm. that. Is that just he didn't care about LaFleur and that offense anymore when Devontae Adams left and he was just mailing it in? Certainly possible. We saw that in Rogers' career before with the end of the McCarthy era. But he's also 38? 30, yeah, probably 39 during the regular season. Yeah, something like that. Um, and I will vet that just Yeah, in case I love how we cares. sometimes we like the best one here and we're like, you know, uh, but, we're fine. He is 39 now. He'll be 40 during the season. I mean, that is certainly not a – that could not be, you know, uh, just him phoning it in anymore on, at the end of that season. That could be like he's he's losing it a tiny bit, like a just a, just a step. My favorite thing is like the hype around him. Like he's going to um, Madison Square Garden. He's at these games. He's shaved. He's ready. He's, he's a different Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, wait till you, wait till you get him mad. Wait till you drop the pass in regular season. Then he's not. He's going to be the same old Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, I can't wait to see all the, all that plays out. We'll go to former Reds. He says, which rookie do you expect to have the biggest impact this year? We kind of talked Classic. a little bit about those about that yeah. on the last podcast. I think it might be my, my gut instinct is the only one that's going to start. It's going to be Robbins. So does he have the biggest year one impact because he's the starting punter? Maybe because Murphy's going to be a situational guy. He's going to be in the rotation, but he'll be situational. I don't see the second and third round picks having a huge impact year one. I don't see Charlie Jones really having a huge impact year one, unless it's as an all pro return type. Chase Brown, he should have an impact, but he's also rotational. He's going to be probably the second, maybe third. That is the the possibility there. He's the third running back behind Travion, who they might trust more in pass protection. Uh, and he's and Chase is just spelling, mixing, and trying to be the spark. So I guess the weird take is that it's going to be Brad Robbins has the best impact year one just because he's starting. He's going to be holding. He's going to be punting. And punters matter. Punters matter. So I've seen this uh, a couple places on social media. It looks like Drew Christman's going to be here throughout camp and couldn't end up being like a practice squad player. What do you think about that? Sure. I mean, if I don't dislike him, I just wanted, you know, I don't dislike him as a person or anything. It's all fine. I don't That'd dislike him as a person. <laughs> yeah. I thought he even had games that were good. He had games that were good. Is if Robbins gets hurt, I, I don't think you're going to find 
really probably a better punter than Crispin out there in free agency that you could just bring in and have him come in and do the same job. So yeah, I mean, if he's going to be on the practice squad, I think that's a okay. The issue would be if he's able to uh, Randy Bullock, uh, Brad Robbins, Jake Elliott, like that, mm-hmm. that would be the real issue is uh, that he actually takes the job and then you try to sneak Robbins onto your practice squad. He gets picked up and then he's punting in the Super Bowl in a year or two. I think Darren Simmons learned his lesson and he's an assistant head coach too, special teams coach. So I think he can, um, you know, he'll say, I think this is the best move. And if you heard him after the pick, he pretty much talked about hang time, like Mm -hmm. every single sentence he was bringing it up. So I think Darren Simmons remembers how poor the special teams unit was in the AFC championship game. And sometimes the majority, not I wouldn't want to say the majority of the season, but it, it really wasn't, his unit wasn't that great. Uh, Brian says for a team that has gone to the AFC championship game two years in a row, there might not be a glaring need or areas of improvement, but where are you looking to see progression improvements over the previous two seasons? Which unit is most likely to show the most growth improvement? I think the offense has a chance to show more growth and improvement, uh, even though they've been good and they've been efficient, they lacked explosive plays last year and, it got better throughout the throughout the season, the offense. But what they never had, even in the AFC Championship or any of those games, was the explosive play that was a huge part of the 2021 offense. So if they can bring that back in while keeping the efficiency of the 2022 offense, I mean, that's a chance to be one of the best, if not the best offense in the league. The defense is probably going to take a minor step back. I, I just, you know, it's... The offense is a better unit than it was last year. I'm not sure the defense is, but I do trust Lou to, you know, still make it a good defense. It's still a good defense on paper, too. I don't think you'd be able to find really anybody that's a below average starter on that defense. So those that would be my thoughts on it. I don't know if you have a different take on that. I also think that the defense is going to perform better in the playoffs than they do in the regular season, just because of the way Luke is kind of a matchup coordinator. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he's like fully focused in on trying to stop these playoff offenses, he seems to have quite a bit of success. Yeah, I agree with you. I think for me personally, and I know it was a hot topic over the off season, I would say the run game. Um, and I think mm-hmm. kind of having maybe this offseason for Joe Mixon to get healthy and uh, knowing, hey, he's RB1, how that's going to look. And then you bring Chase Brown in for more of those. And you've mentioned it before, needing that explosive play on the offensive side of the ball. So I would say the run game would probably be my focus where I want to see areas of impro- improvement. And maybe I'm going to be high on it going into the season just because it just felt down last year, uh, you know, besides the five touchdown game. And, and this is nothing on Joe Mixon. I, I, I do feel like, you know, he wasn't fully healthy for the majority of the season. And, and hopefully this is a better year for him uh, going into this year. Just just what we've heard from the whole offseason about Joe Mixon in the run game. So that's where I'm at. We'll yep, see what I mean, makes sense. That's, that is kind <laughs> of the improvement. I'm always surprised that uh, after the schematic change, they were top three in run game efficiency. It didn't feel that way. And I think that is because they mostly just grinded out first downs, picked up five yards, stayed ahead of the chains and were efficient, but they never got the explosive play. So if you add in the explosive play, it will feel more like a top five run game. And that's why you draft a Chase Brown. I want to get into a little more about that, and then we're going to get back to more of our mailbag questions next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. 
This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thank you so much for sending your double mailbag Twitter questions. You can follow Matt. Mike, I called you Matt. Matt? I called you Matt. I called you Matt. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mike. Matt is a friend of the show. Uh, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. But uh, you were talking about the offense. And, and if everybody kind of remembers after week five, they changed their offense up. And you know, we really started to see them get in the groove. And, and the, obviously after the Halloween game, they went on a 10-game win streak. What do you expect out of week one? What this offense is, is really going to look like? And I'm not even saying, like, you have to bring in the rookies. You have Charlie Jones out there. Who knows what his impact is going to be as the wide receiver number four. Chase Brown's going to be more than likely running back number two. But but what do you expect to kind of start off fresh? You get this offseason. You get training camp. Knock on wood. You get a healthy Joe Burrow. Um, what do you expect out of week one and, and what that looks like for Zach Taylor? Yeah, I think it'll look like it did after week five last year. I think that was them learning their lesson about they can't really do the under center wide zone type stuff that they tried to do in the first four weeks and that they were able to do a little bit in 2021. Teams are ready for it. And even though that is, you know, Frank Pollock's past, that's Zach Taylor's past. It's not really Brian Callahan's past as much. Um, the, the offense is just at its best when basically everything is from the shotgun and you have the offensive line working a lot of these vertical gap concepts where they're trying to push guys straight ahead basically and maybe pull a guy around rather than have them run horizontally and try to move the defense and spread them out that way. So that's I think what you're going to see is similar to what you got last year towards uh, the end of the season you're just hoping better players, some more explosive players in there. Probably, you know, there's there will be maybe a couple different wrinkles thrown in there. Maybe they're trying to figure out a way to generate explosive plays, maybe find a way to get Jamar Chase the ball in space underneath where he can make some guys miss or something like that. But I think the offense in general will look a lot like it did later in the season last year. Do you think that Charlie Jones will score a touchdown on a flea flicker? In in his career? In in his rookie year. In his rookie year, no. All right. That just seems like such a safe bet. (laughs) You can kind of have fun with it. You picked the Bengals and the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl last year, and look, we were one game away. So sometimes One game away. Sometimes it can happen. Uh, I don't know why I have – maybe it's the the – I know he, he isn't Trent Irwin, but for some reason, I'm like, he could be that guy. He could catch the fl- flicker in a game. He certainly think. could. He's fast. He's he's pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> That's not going to happen. Never mind. <laughs> That's just where I'm at with Charlie Jones. I have no clue why I'm connecting the two. I'm like, flea flicker, Charlie Jones. That's where I'm at. Um, Adam Wheels has a really depressing question. He says, in-house replacement for Lou, who would we look at? Who would, who would we be looking at next year? You'd probably say James Betcher, who is the only one who's had coordinating experience, the linebacker coach. But I'd also – I don't know if they would just promote him versus – was it Al Golding? Went to – Yeah, he went Notre Dame. I feel like he would be getting a call if Lou is taken elsewhere to come maybe be the defensive coordinator for the Bengals or – Maybe they look outside. Uh, that, I think, 
is the least likely, but it's not impossible. They probably want to keep a similar defensive structure, but at the same time, probably want to look everywhere, just like you did with Lou Anarumo and find him wherever they found him. I don't remember where he was <laughs> when that happened. Uh, but um, yeah, I I think it would be James Betcher in-house. Uh, Al Golding would be my first thought outside because it's probably the same, uh, a similar defensive structure. And then wild cards after that. I don't think they would go with Hobby or anybody else um, in the defensive, on the defensive staff. Yeah, kind of going back to that, I've kind of wondered, and and I don't want this for Lou because I would feel absolutely terrible that he doesn't get the head coaching job, but we've talked about it, where you look around the league, they're going for that offensive coordinator or, or maybe a younger guy if it's a defensive coordinator for the head coaching job. So if Lou doesn't, if Lou gets missed next year, I just hope Lou stays. I hope I hope Lou doesn't want to retire. I hope he's like, you know what? I still want to be a DC. I'm having fun with this team. There's a lot of talent. There's still a lot of young guys on my defense. They keep drafting young guys. They get them in free agency too. So I'm hoping that we get Lou for more than one more season. I don't think he seems like he's close to retiring to me. Okay, good. I, I just get a little more like him. He's not Wade like, Phillips' age. He's not. He's not. Lou is. I, we need to stop. I need to stop acting like Lou is. He's older. That's why I keep thinking the the similarities are there, even with a Wade Phillips, a Dean Pease, or a Vic Fangio, where it just, well, Pease never got a shot. But the other two, like, it it took time. And it actually, for, I think, Wade, it took until he was just promoted as the interim guy, Mm -hmm. I think. And then they just kept him. Uh, for Vic, he had to go do it for another team. Now I'm, I'm really hoping that's not what happens no. with Lou, but um, he was defensive coordinator for those awesome 49ers defenses, and he never got his shot. And it's only moved more and more to being a young offensive mind is what everybody's looking for. So you hope that uh, I hope for Lou that he does get a head coaching job sometime soon. But it's he's he's fighting uphill, and that stinks. Yeah, I 100% agree. If Lou gets a head coaching job after next season, good for Lou. Uh, But if he's on this roster, I am totally fine with that. Marcus James says, how big of a jump should we expect from Cordell in year two? I would probably temper my expectations some just because he's older. Um, You don't always see – I feel like you can make the case – is a better way to say this. You can make the case that a young guy – like a 21 year old is going to get better when he's 22, 23, then you can, the 24 year old is going to get better when he's 25, 26. I think he'll get better, but if you're expecting him to jump to like an all pro pro bowl type level, I'd probably temper my expectations. Some I'm more so hoping that he can improve, be more consistent and be a very reliable left guard. All right, we're going to get to Goose's question, and I'll just say before I read this question, I keep wishing away summer because I'm ready for football season. He says, I realize it's seven months from now, but the last four matchups with the Chiefs have been decided by three points. Who are we going to be talking about on New Year's Day 2024, which is absolutely crazy to think about, that came up big to win the game? Is it going to be a rookie? Is it going to be Chase? Is it going to be a defensive guy? Is it going to be T. Higgins? I can't believe that's seven months away. Um... <laughs> that could be a Tyler Boyd game 
because I think that Tyler Boyd was going to have a very good game in the AFC Championship before he got hurt, and he was having a good game. I think the very fun answer would be uh, Chase Brown or Joe Mixon game. I do think that Chiefs are going to sell out probably to stop Chase and Higgins. So I don't I, – I mean, I'm never surprised if they are the ones that we are going to be talking about on the offense, but – I think it's going to create an opportunity for Boyd, for the running backs, and for Irv Smith. You know, it's it's so crazy to think about that. I know we we go back to the AFC Championship game because it's the only one that's the most recent game for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then obviously the Chief, Chiefs hype and everything like that, and you lose by three points. I, I kind of think back at that game, and I don't think the Bengals played their best game at all, and they were still down a lot of players and still had a chance to, to win the game. Uh, but we don't talk about that enough. Tyler Boyd was going to be the difference maker. He truly was. Um, just to see how the defense, how the Chiefs were playing defense on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, that Tyler Boyd was gonna was gonna be. It was gonna be a, a Tyler Boyd game. So I agree with you. I'm all about that. TB's probably more than likely last season with the Cincinnati Bengals being a big one. I'm here for it. Joe says, with the team's remaining cap space, who is one free agent you would like them to add? Uh, I think Chase Rulier just got cut from the Commanders. That would be an interesting add. He was a starting level center. I think if I'm going to add somebody, it would probably be like a backup center uh, because right now it's Trey Hill, and you're looking across as you know, uh, you know. Let's let's look across and see where they could add. I don't think you can add a wide receiver right now. I don't think you'd add a running back. Tight end is interesting. I don't think they're adding anybody. I think you could. I just don't think they are. And then on the offensive line, they have a lot of tackles. What? How good you feel about them? I don't know. But they have a lot of them. And uh, but on the interior, it's you know it's not as strong. So finding a good six offensive lineman or seventh, depending on however you think about them. Uh, but a good backup interior guy that can play center or guard is what I would be looking for, I think, the most. On the defensive side, they're not going to add to safety, I don't think. They have a lot of those. Not going to add to corner. They've added their defensive line. Could always use another piece, probably on at the defensive tackle spot. But I think interior offensive line I would go with over interior defensive line. Yeah, no, I, I like that too. And I, I could still see them adding to more cam bodies over the next couple of weeks. We'll go to Saki. He says, which Bengals player leads the team in interceptions next year? Ooh, Logan Wilson. I'm thinking in my head who I think. I like Logan Wilson. I feel like that's a good bet. This It just felt like they dropped a lot of interceptions last year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, pick somebody else so that we cover uh, on more more ground. Cam Taylor Britt. I'm stepping up here right. too. I'm into it. Yeah, how, that'd be how great. Do you feel about that? How do you feel about Cam Taylor Britton year two? I feel pretty good. Younger player. Um, I think some of the stiffness he has might prevent him from ever being like a Jalen Ramsey, but I think he's a good player. I think he had a good rookie year. He got better as the season went along. And I'm pretty bullish on his year two. I think there's a easy case to make that he's the best player from that class uh, this season. So yeah, I'm in, I'm in on Cam Taylor Britt having another, taking another step, getting even better. 
I think it'd be uh, <laughs> the one that I think would be interesting would be if uh, if Nick Scott. I was it. just thinking that in my head. I'm like, what if it would be? Because Nick everybody Scott? keeps talking about like how he's not even going to play. He's not going to if he leads the team in interceptions. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. What do you do? Nick Scott like steps up in year one with the Cincinnati Bengals. You have Jordan Battle just kind of waiting over there on the sidelines. Dax Hill ends up showing out in his first real season in the NFL. I think that would be such a great problem for this defense to have. But Nick Scott, I'm all about it if he's the one that leads the team. But I just they it just feels like they've just got to hold on to those the the balls. Like they need to stop dropping them. Um, that's kind of how I felt last year. We'll go to Nate, which we kind of talked about this um, on our last podcast when we were predicting who's going to be there in September when it comes to the offensive line. I think we said week 12. But he says predict the starting offensive line for week 17 at Kansas City. I don't like to predict injuries, so I think I'm just going to go with Orlando Brown, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams. And I'm knocking on all the wood because we want to make sure that this happens. I truly agree. Obviously, the storyline was the offensive line in that game. Um, Just give me health. Give me health on the offensive line in the quarterback. It's not realistic to think all five guys are still starting (laughs) that late in the season. But I'm going to be – that would be my prediction because it's – a, what I'm rooting for, and B, I don't, I don't want to try to predict who's getting hurt. It's like, well, hopefully none of them. <laughs> no, I, I want them to have all the depth in the world, and I'm still a big fan. I think a lot of people are like, well, if Lyle Collins isn't ready to go, and you, you're paying Jonah Williams $12 million, you can't pay Lyle that. And I'm like, no, 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 give me all the depth in the world. Um, at least for the 2023 season, this team learned, actually over the last, since Joe Burrow got here. You, you need to have as many offensive line pieces as possible, and health is what matters. You look at the Super Bowl offensive line, you look at the AFC Championship offensive line, and you hope you go into the season and you end the season with a healthy offensive line. So I'm all about that. I don't want to predict um, anything anything bad with our offensive line, and, and hopefully um, – I've, I've said it before. I hope Jonah really works out and he plays himself a nice contract this offseason. We'll go to Dimitri. He says, for now, Miles Murphy has one go-to pass rush move. Would he be a threat inside on third downs with such limited moves? He could probably push the pocket a little bit. I liked him more on the outside. I don't, I'm not somebody that has bought into the idea that he's an interior rusher. Just he's, he goes from being a big outside rusher into a small interior rusher. And with his main move being a bull rush, trying to run that guy back into the quarterback, I think you'd prefer that on the outside where he he can use his speed a little bit better, where he's an extremely fast player. He's got an awesome get off of the ball first step and be able to convert that into power and push the tackle into there rather than being squeezed inside and being asked to do that from a condensed spot like uh and pushing the guard into there who are usually used to handling 300 pound plus guys trying to do that to them so that's why i think he's more of an exterior guy but i do think when you're looking and like we'll just get him on the field that's why he might end up there um i i don't think i think he'll be a good run defender this year but i think temper expectations on him as a pass rusher this year Every time I'm very high on his ceiling, but every comparison you can make is a guy that probably that I, I don't believe had a good year one when it comes to generating sacks, like three sacks or something is what I would maybe expect out of 
him rather than thinking like he can come in and give you seven sacks this year. I think his ceiling is like 12 plus mm-hmm. sacks and being a pro bowl type, but his he's going to start a little lower because he's raw. He's he's needs to develop quite a bit as a pass rusher. Maybe hobby can just sprinkle some magic on him and get him to be in a pretty good pass rusher this year. But I would think it's probably going to be next year is when you're going to get the full miles Murphy pass rusher experience. Yeah. And we'll see what happens in 2023, 2024. Uh, we've uh, mentioned it before. You have a great piece, Jordan Battle, up there on all Bengals over the next few weeks. Continue to tell the people what you're going to have on all Bengals. Charlie Jones, I think on Friday morning. And then probably going to have Chase Brown up for Monday morning. And then then it's uh, Yossi Vash and uh, Brad Robbins. I, I will do the Brad Robbins article. Yes. And then I am taking a sabbatical because it is a long year and it's time to time to just it's, take a break, take a break there. Relax. Yeah. And that's when they'll sign their contract extensions and it'll be more to talk about. So we, we love that. This would be really ideal for us before you get into training camp bangles. If you're listening, uh, so I'm going to be determined on what that looks like, but make sure you check it out. All bangles. You can follow them over on Twitter. Bangles underscore sand. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. Thank you so much as always for listening to it's always game day in Cincinnati.